Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person. However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church, P.O. Box 298, Harrison, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much and God bless. Hallelujah. Christ is risen. Christ is risen indeed. Hallelujah. Friends, as we gather to worship today, may we feel God's Spirit joining us together in this time. Welcome to today's worship service from Grace United Church in Hanover, Ontario. I am the Reverend McCall Cottrell, and we are pleased to share worship today with Harriston United Church and the Reverend Jessica Cottrell. As you welcome us into your home, we welcome you into ours. For our announcements for this week, we invite you to please check your email or sign up for our emails or contact the church office. And as we gather in this time of worship, we remember that we are gathered on traditional territories. We remember that for thousands of years, Indigenous people have walked on this land and that their relationship with the land is at the center of their lives and their spirituality. We recognize that we are all treaty people. At Grace United Church, we are part of Saugeen Treaty 45 and a half, and we are gathered on the traditional territory of the Haudenosaunee, Ojibwe, Anishinaabek, and Métis people. We acknowledge the part the church has played in an ongoing history of colonization and oppression. We pray that God may ever lead us in building right relationship. Friends, come, let us worship. Good morning. May the light of Christ shine brightly in our lives and all around us. Amen. Let us join together and call one another to worship. Peace be with you and also with you. Come and see the love God has given to us. Come and see what it means to be children of God. Come with this hope that Christ's presence is real. With joy, we come to see the Lord. Let us join together in prayer. Miraculous God, come to us now even as your son came to those first disciples on the shores of Galilee, 
speak your peace to our hearts. Touch us with your Holy Spirit. Reveal your word that we may hear your message this day and live as your disciples in the days and years to come. In Christ's name we pray. Amen. We were called the Don't Make a Wave Committee and we met in a church basement. And one night uh, when we were leaving the meeting, a man named Irving Stowe said peace and I said, no, we should make that a green peace. And Irving came back the next meeting and said, wow, that's a good name. We should call ourselves Greenpeace. So we did. My name is Bill Darnell. I live in Vernon, British Columbia. I'm a member of Trinity United Church. I'm a grandfather, a retired teacher, a husband, and I've been an environmental activist most of my adult life. Camping had a big effect on me because I grew up in suburban Toronto and didn't have um, much access to the natural world. When I was at camp, we were allowed to meet nature on our own terms for a full two weeks. And that really sustained me through my adult life. So when I saw things that were wrong, things that we were doing to damage our environment and our life, I was able to take action to correct them, to draw on that experience. When I was 25 years old, not that far removed from camp and living in Vancouver, the United States government was testing nuclear weapons in Alaska. That seemed crazy. And so a number of us sailed a vessel, also renamed Greenpeace, to Alaska. And ultimately, we were able to stop the United States government testing nuclear weapons underground. Your mission and service gifts support over two dozen United Church-run camps across the country. Every year, your generosity gives thousands of children an opportunity to go to camp. Thank you to your gifts to Mission and Service of the United Church of Canada. Camping made an incredible lifelong dif difference for me, and I know it will make a lifelong difference for other young people across this country. Today's reading is from the book of Luke, chapter 24, verses 36 to 48. Jesus appears to the disciples. While they were still talking about this, Jesus himself stood among them and said to them, Peace be with you. They were startled and frightened, thinking they saw a ghost. He said to them, Why are you troubled? And why do doubts rise in your minds? Look at my hands and my feet. It is I myself. Touch me and see. A ghost does not have flesh and bones as you see I have. When he had said this, he showed them his hands and feet. And while they still did not believe it because of joy and amazement, he asked them, Do you have anything here to eat? They gave him a piece of broiled fish, and he took it and ate it in their presence. 
he said to them, This is what I told you while I was still with you. Everything must be fulfilled that is written about me in the law of Moses, the prophets and the Psalms. Then he opened their minds so they could understand the scriptures. He told them, This is what is written. The Messiah will suffer and rise from the dead on the third day. And repentance for the forgiveness of sins will be preached in his name in all nations, beginning at Jerusalem. You are witnesses of these things. Bless this reading to our understanding. Amen. As we celebrate Earth Sunday this week, let us hear an additional scripture reading. This one from 1 John chapter 3, 18 to 24. Little children, let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. And by this we will know that we are from the truth and will reassure our hearts before him whenever our hearts condemn us. For God is greater than our hearts and he knows everything. Beloved, if our hearts do not condemn us, we have boldness before God and we receive from God whatever we ask because we obey God's commandments and do what pleases God. And this is God's commandment, that we should believe in the name of God's Son, Jesus Christ, and love one another, just as God has commanded us. All who obey his commandments abide in him, and he abides in them. And by this we know that he abides in us, by the Spirit that he has given us. May God bless our hearing of these holy words. Let us love. May you hear the words of my mouth and may all the meditations of our hearts be blessed by God. Growing up, I had some pretty amazing playgrounds. Now, I'm not talking about the ones made of wood, metal, and plastic, although there were some pretty great playgrounds around when I was young. My playground growing up was nature. I remember running around the large parks in London, Ontario with the weeping willows, rivers, and the burrs that our poodle got into every now and then, and which were always a mess to clean up. I remember playing on the rolling rocks of Point Ritchie just outside of port in Newfoundland, finding sea urchin shells and small fish in the tidal pools, collecting ancient fossils, and watching our Cairn Terriers dart underneath the gnarled bush-like Tuckamore trees, only to emerge with wagging tails in another location, having navigated the maze of branches and roots. I remember GT snow racing down the large hills in Muskoka, staring out over fiery maples in the fall and swimming in the lakes in the summer. I remember biking around the Grand River for hours between Cambridge and Paris. These are the playgrounds that I remember most from my life. This time spent in these beautiful and awe-inspiring places left a great love for creation within me. Every now and then as life gets busy, or as I navigate through this pandemic like so many of us, I need to remind myself to go outside and to play 
to reconnect and fall in love again with God, the Creator, and the sacred creation to which we all belong. It's one of the big reasons I run, to reconnect with creation. As disciples of Christ, live love. That's the message from the first letter of John that we have heard today. Scholars believe that the first letter of John comes from an elder in the same community that formed the gospel according to John. Like most of the letters of the New Testament, the letter is written in response to conflict in a community. This community has felt a division as people are fighting over whether Jesus's humanity was important or not. The community is fracturing. The letter speaks to this conflict. It speaks to Jesus's identity. It speaks to sin and forgiveness and to the ways we are connected to God through Christ. It also speaks of love. Love as the way followers of Christ are to live. Let us love, not in word or speech, but in truth and action. Today we are marking Earth Sunday. It is a day to look around and to remember our place in God's great blessing of creation. We are part of creation, a rich and meaningful part, the Bible tells us. We are part of the creation that Genesis declares led to God singing out, it is good. We are delete, deeply connected to this creation. Each breath we take is God's blessing shared through the trees. Each bite of food we take is God's blessing shared through the plants, animals, minerals, and so much more that fill our lives. We are a rich part of creation, a creating people who add beauty and wonder to this life through art, building, adapting, and enriching. We are also a burden on this creation. We are capable of forcing our dominion over all things. We are not always a blessing. We pollute, filling seas with plastic and other garbage that can't be broken down. We often take more than we need, scarring land, destroying animals, corrupting fields and forests. We neglect creation at times, forgetting that we are part of the rich beauty of God's great blessing. We neglect that the power we have in creation also leads to great responsibility and our neglect has caused climate change, endangerment, and extinction. Today, in our scripture readings, we also hear one of the Gospel of Luke's resurrection stories. It follows the story of the two disciples on the road to Emmaus. As the two are talking about encountering Jesus and the stranger who talked with them and who broke bread with them, Jesus appears to the rest of the disciples. For the Gospel of Luke, it's very important to point out that the resurrection isn't a ghost story. The resurrection is a continuation of the incarnation of God physically entering into the world 
in order to heal and renew all creation. The disciples are called to bear witness to this holy and redeeming love. For the Gospel of Luke, as in 1 John, bearing witness to this Gospel means embodying love, going out and sharing God's healing and transformative love in word and in action. That's why Jesus asked the disciples to touch and feed him. The resurrection leads to acts of love. As people of faith, the first letter of John declares, we are to live love. It's not optional. It's who we are called to be through Christ. It's who we are created to be. This love is the love Jesus showed even in the face of death and suffering, a love that would not back down, a love that dared to dream of a world renewed. It is a love of God that was known in the incarnation, the life, death, and resurrection of Jesus. It is the love that led frightened and overwhelmed and traumatized disciples to go back into the world to continue the work of Jesus to cherish, to care for, and to be in profound and holy relationship, we must love. Love is holy. Love is from God. Love transforms lives. As we mark Earth Sunday within the season of Easter, we are reminded that it is within creation that the Incarnation takes place. Creation is the place where resurrection is encountered. Creation is God's beloved. Today, we are invited to fall in love, to renew our love. We are invited to feel God's love alive in all of creation. Care for creation, just as care for one another, begins with falling in love again. We are called to fall in love with creation. The great hymnist John Bell said at a retreat at Five Oaks many years ago that we are eavesdropping whenever we hear the birds in song in the morning because they are worshiping God in their song. He reminds us that creation is continuously praising the Creator and we are blessed whenever we witness these holy moments. The medieval monk, St. Francis of Assisi, called pieces of creation kindred, brother and sister. Everything from a caterpillar to the sun and moon, water and fire were brothers and sisters to him. He didn't care that people called him crazy and as he laughed and sang in the streets, as he wandered off to preach to birds and and when he responded with a love song about the beauty of nature that met him all along his travels when people asked him important religious questions like how what happened on his trip to see the pope how the trip his trip to see the pope went medieval scholar professor priest and monk meister eckhart wrote these words apprehend god in all things for god is in all things every single creature is full of God and is a book about God. 
He continued, if I spent enough time with the tiniest of creatures, even a caterpillar, I would prepare a, a sermon so full of God is every creature. St. Catherine of Siena, a Christian nun who wrote about God encountered in all creation and concluded, what then is not a sanctuary? Where then can I not kneel down and pray at a shrine made holy by God's presence? All these wonderful, beautiful people of faith were so profoundly in love with God and felt so connected in Christ that they encountered God in God's creation. They gave witness to the life, death, and resurrection of Christ by embodying God's love. And they encounter God's love embodied all around them in creation. That is why they saw all creation as sacred and worthy of reverence, respect, and care. Today on Earth Sunday, we are invited to bear witness by embodying God's love. It begins when we allow ourselves to fall in love again, to fall in love again with ourselves, one another, all people, to fall in love with the trees, the rocks, and the fields, to stare with dreamy eyes at the stars, the moon, the cosmos, to fall head over heels in love with our kindred and creation so that we too feel God's presence in all things, to embody such a passionate and fierce and fearless love that we are deeply moved to stand in solidarity and care with all creation. Friends, let us go into the great sanctuary of life and take a deep and precious breath, giving thanks to God and God's good creation for the air we breathe. Let us feel the earth under our feet, the air on our skin, listen to the birds in worship, and feel connected to all our kindred. Let us bear witness to the resurrection by embodying love as we care for one another and all of God's creation. Let us live in God's love. Amen. Let it be so. Well, friends, let us join together in our prayers for one another and for the world. Let us pray. You come to us, O God, in unexpected places, in a crowded room, in a journey on a dusty road, in conversation, in stillness. You come in the midst of our doubts, our fears, our sorrows. You come in the power of the resurrection. No pain and suffering is unknown to you. You bring us peace, Holy One, and we pray for the places where there is no peace, countries torn apart by war, refugees seeking homes, prisoners facing torture. You bring peace, Holy One, peace to the tensions and conflicts within us, to the regrets, the failures, the broken relationships, the lost friendships. You bring peace, Holy One, for you are a friend to us when we are alone, when we are lonely, unseen, you are there. 
you bring us peace. And we pray that we too may become peacemakers in our lives, in our communities, in our world. On Earth Sunday, we pray that we may fall in love with creation once more and remember our place within it. Guide us as we care for this world, letting go of practices that bring destruction and courageously living a life of discipleship that means protecting your good creation. Also on this day, we pray for all who are struggling with this pandemic, for all who are infected and their family and friends, for all who are feeling isolated and alone, for all who work in hospitals, long-term care facilities, and other essential services, for all who are facing harassment and abuse as they try to keep people safe. We pray for Dr. Ian Era, Dr. Nicole Mercer, and for all who work in public health. We pray for all who are helping to administer vaccinations. We pray for ourselves, our church, and one another. God, lead us through this difficult time and help us love and protect one another and ourselves. You bring us peace, Holy One, and so we lift to you today all those who are heavy on our minds as we name them now in the silence of our hearts. Holy One, peacemaker and peace bringer, we lift all these prayers to you, trusting that you hear them and hold them in your precious love. We ask all this in the name of Jesus, who taught us how to pray, saying together, Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be your name. Your kingdom come, your will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, and the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Hello, folks. My name is Graham Loudon. I use he, him pronouns, and I'm speaking to you today from Treaty 7 territory in the place settlers call Calgary, Alberta. It's a pleasure to join you as we celebrate and explore Pi Day. So, why Pi? Why do we need to be public, intentional, and explicit? After all, if a ministry goes through the process of becoming affirming, if they pay their dues to Affirm United every year, and maybe they slap a rainbow flag on the front of the church and on the website, everyone will just know that everyone is welcome, right? It will just go without saying, right? Maybe, but maybe not. I grew up in the Christian tradition. The sign in front of every church in my childhood denomination says, 
all are welcome. And everyone was welcome. But it was understood that those who conformed to our standards were the ones who were really accepted, safe, and valued. In 1988, the United Church of Canada changed its policy and publicly, intentionally, and explicitly declared, essentially, that all those who were in agreement with the doctrine of the Church were entitled to full membership, including ordered ministry, without regard to sexuality. Now this was a vital first step. Queer folks were incrementally tolerated, even accepted throughout much of the Church, at least officially on paper. But was it enough? Did folks who didn't fit in the mainstream really know that we were welcome, safe, and valued? We know that the answer is no, not always. In Matthew, we're told that Jesus taught us to watch out for false prophets. They come to you in sheep's clothing, but inwardly they are ferocious wolves. By their fruit, you will recognize them. Do we mean it? Do we really mean it? when we say that we affirm, welcome, accept, and value every lesbian, gay, bisexual, pansexual, transgender, queer, intersex, asexual, and two-spirit person, as well as everyone else who falls outside of the cisgender binary heterosexual norm? Do we mean it? Do we really mean it when we say that we affirm, welcome, accept, and value every black person, indigenous person, and other people of color? Do we mean it? Do we really mean it when we say we affirm, welcome, and value every person who we, every other person, who we might be tempted to, well, to other. And do we affirm, welcome, and value every person who might live in the intersections of otherness? Isn't, as a church, isn't that who we are called to be? To affirm, welcome, and value the whole people of God? Are we public, intentional, and explicit about taking that calling seriously? Does the transgender teen who just got kicked out of their church youth group know that there is a safe place for them? Does the queer refugee from Africa know there is a safe place for them? Does the senior finally coming to terms with their sexuality know there is a safe place for them? And does the parent of a child questioning their sexuality and their place in the world know that there is a safe place for their child? And how do they know? Do they know us by our fruits? 
challenge for all of us, for the community of the larger church, as well as for the communities within that community of church, is to be known by our fruits. How do we do that? Well, that's not a question we can fully answer today. But one of the ways that we can start to work in that direction is to ensure that we are public, intentional, and explicit in all we do. Mention our own pronouns and respect and use the pronouns of others. Don't hide who partners are. Be open about our cultures and our cultural practices, our differing perspectives and lived experience and genuinely support those who need it. Because after all, isn't our ministry first and foremost with those on the margins? Now to wealthy, white, cisgender, heterosexual folks, or anyone with the privilege of not having to worry whether they'd be included, Yes, there is still a place for you in an affirming ministry. The beauty of being affirming is that no one has to wonder whether they have a seat at the table. Well, that should go without saying because, you know, all are welcome. Amen. Friends, as we conclude this time of worship, let us go and bear witness to God's great love in all of our words and our actions, as we love and care for ourselves, one another, and all creation. The peace of this ancient earth be with you, of the high blue heavens which embrace it, and the winds which blow freely over it. The peace of green trees, abundant fields, rolling hills, and life-giving rain. The peace of star-jeweled skies and full-orbed moons, of breathless dawns and splendid dying days. And the peace of the God of peace be with you and keep you now and always. Amen. Thanks for joining us for worship. Due to the current COVID-19 measures, we're not able to gather in person, However, our communities need your support more than ever, and every offering is a blessed gift. Did you know that you can specify if you'd like your offering used for our local missions and services that go directly to help those in our community that need it the most? We'd like to thank each and every one of you, whether you've donated time or treasure to keep our churches going through the current COVID-19 measures. If you'd like to send an offering, you can send it to treasurer at graceunitedhanover.ca or mail 310 12th Street, Hanover, Ontario, Canada, N4N1V6. Or you can send an offering to Harrison United Church by visiting harrisonunited.com and clicking the donate button or by mail at Harrison United Church. P.O. Box 298, Harriston, Ontario, Canada, N0G1Z0. Thank you so very much, and God bless. <music>